0: Get ready to hear the truth about
1: America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Vindicated folks. Again, I've only been telling you the depths of the spying scandal on President Trump for, gosh, the last, what, five years? Who knows? You know, a long time. And pretty much all the contours of the, the scandal we told you about four and five years ago are now coming out now. Yeah, the specifics were a little hidden from us back then. But exactly what I told you happened, happened. I'm going to walk through today the real scandal of what came out this weekend and this Durham filing and the spying operation on Donald Trump. It is, to call it explosive, maybe underselling it by a factor of thousands. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. survival rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. It's HenryUSA.com, and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals and a list of dealers in your area. That's HenryUSA.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. All right, Joe, let's go. Oh, yeah, we were right. We were right. I I knew you were itching to get something like this. We've only been talking about this for five years, so vindicate it again. I'm going to walk you through the setup how they set up Donald Trump to spy on him and how they did it during this show. I'm going to walk through it. I'm going to break it down into two simple prongs, how they did it, okay? The two prongs of how the Obama administration in conjunction with Biden, Hillary Clinton, the FBI, the DOJ, spy agencies both here and abroad set up Donald Trump. They did it, Donald Trump, they did it through a two-prong test to make it appear so we're clear here in case you're really coming in this late that Donald Trump was colluding with Vladimir Putin in Russia to win the 2016 election. The way they made it appear that Donald Trump had this uh, malicious relationship with Russia is they used, number one, set up meetings with people in the Trump orbit and Russians and other foreign governments. Copy? I want you to keep this in mind throughout listening to this entire episode, these two prongs. Number one, Basically set up meetings. So I want to pretend Joe Armacost is going to rob a bank. I get him on tape meeting with a bunch of bank robbers. Whether he knows they're bank robbers or not, doesn't matter. I got pictures of Joe on tape. Meetings. Yep. Number one prong, they used to set him up meetings. Number two, they used internet data. Internet data that they stole, DNS and potentially other data, domains they were looking up from the White House and Trump Tower, to make this false connection. Oh my gosh, look. This is a Trump Tower computer connected to Russia. So again, I want to make Joe look like he's a Russian stooge. I hack Joe's internet connection and his server data and I find out Joe, you know, uh whatever, look at rt.com a year ago, Russian Times or whatever the hell it is, Russian television. Yeah. Look, he's a Russian. Meetings number 1, internet data number 2. Let's walk through this bit by bit. First, let's show you the media's role in in covering up this massive scandal, this setup, the framing of Donald Trump, which we now have the information on. Let's go first to an embarrassing, one of the most embarrassing moments in the history of, and I am not kidding, of media in the United States. Here is the humiliating Leslie Stahl, a joke of a journalist on 60 Minutes when Donald Trump, who knew full well he'd been spied on, we have the name of the spy, Now we have the way they set him up using Internet data. And we already knew about the fake meetings, the meetings they were setting up to frame him. Here's Leslie Stahl trying to call BS on Donald Trump about spying when Trump knew full well that what he he was saying was accurate. Check this out. The biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my campaign. There's no
0: real evidence of that. Of course there is. It's all over
1: the place. Leslie, they spied on my campaign and they got caught. Can
0: I say something? You know, this is 60 Minutes, and we can't put on things we can't verify. No, you won't put it
1: on because it's bad for Biden. We can't put on
0: things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied on
1: my campaign. Well, we can't verify that. It's been totally verified.
0: No.
1: It's been, just go down and get the papers. They spied on my campaign, they got caught. No. And then they went much further than that, and they got caught. And you will see that, Leslie, and you know that, but you just don't want to put it on the air. No,
0: as a matter of fact, I don't know that.
1: We actually had the name of the spy. I mean, really, Leslie Stahl owes all of the the entire planet an apology. What a disgrace. Spend, I don't want to waste too much time on that. The media's role in this. That's a whole other show we can do. Here was an actual media person, a journalist, Stuart Varney from Fox, covering a segment early on when Donald Trump had warned everyone hey, they're spying on me, they're spying on Trump Tower, and they're spying on this Trump operation. Stuart Varney, here's an actual journalist again reporting it. Leslie Stahl should have watched this and run with this and tried to verify this, but she didn't care. Check this out.
0: President Trump tweeting this morning. Here we go. Spygate could be one of the biggest political scandals in history. And he tweeted this out too. Look how things have turned around on the criminal deep state. They go after phony collusion with Russia, a made-up scam, and end up getting caught in a major spy scandal that likes of which this country may never have seen before. What well, Goes around, comes around.
1: Maybe if Leslie Stahl had bothered to look into that, we'd find out that what we learned this week, and she could have found out a lot sooner, is true. So I'll get to the meetings. Remember the two prongs of the framing operation to frame Trump. Meetings with people, and second, um, internet data connections. This weekend, a, a revelatory filing coming from John Durham. John Durham, the special prosecutor, signed to investigate this. And one of the most interesting things in the filing is this. Now we know they were spying on the internet activity. Well, I shouldn't say, I shouldn't say we should give them their fair due because I believe in legal process, unlike the left. These are allegations in an indictment and they're entitled to their day in court. So I just want to put that out there because again, I don't say that in a perfunctory manner. I say it because I actually believe in due process, unlike the left. But here we go in this filing and the filings about a conflict of interest. I'll get to that in a second because it relates to the meetings, but they say the government's evidence at trial Will also establish that, listen to this, among the internet data that this tech executive and his his associates exploited was domain name system DNS internet traffic pertaining to a particular healthcare provider. I have a good idea who that is. Trump Tower, Donald Trump's Central Park West Wing apartment building, and the executive office of the President of the United States. It says that the tech executive. They had come to access, I believe, through a contract and maintained dedicated servers for the executive office of the president as part of a sensitive arrangement. It provided DNS resolution services to the EOP. The tech executive and his associates exploited this arrangement. Wait, wait, go back, you skipped that. They exploited this arrangement by mining the EOP's DNS traffic and other data for the purposes of gathering derogatory information about Donald Trump. Let me translate that for you quickly. They say among. Among the Internet data they have is this tech executive. We have a good idea who he is and his company. They must have had a contract to resolve DNS communications between the White House, Trump Tower and these entities and the Internet. Very simply, folks. What Web addresses, what locations on the Web was the EOP Donald Trump visiting? Right now, because it's a DNS server does not necessarily mean it's a content server, too. So let's not get out ahead of our skis because some people have said, oh, they've got all the White House's emails. They respond. they may. They may have that, those people. But we don't know that yet. But notice very clearly. you Everybody clear on that, Joe? There's a difference between if, if Joe goes to, you know, uh, whatever, uh, iloveguitars.com and then sends an email to the people who run the company. Those are two different things. Right now, all right. we know is they probably, according to the allegations, That this tech company, we have a good idea of who it is, too, expecting an indictment against him and probably others at the company, too, had some contract with the White House to basically connect these two websites and used it, according to the allegation, used it to give it to Hillary Clinton. Hey, look who Donald Trump's visiting. Look at what sites they're visiting. But notice very clearly, he says that it is among the Internet data they exploited. Among. Folks, he's not saying that because it's some haphazard mistake and he's got nothing better to do on a a weekend. Meaning they have more. This tech company stole more stuff according to these allegations. Why else would he write that? Now, you may say to yourself, my gosh, Dan, that sounds like a really, really enormous thing. That this tech company that had this sensitive contract abused its access To steal web data from the White House? That sounds really bad. I'm going to make the case to you in this next segment here that I actually think that is the least fascinating, explosive part of this Durham court filing. The reason the filing went into the court system by Durham, the special prosecutor, is because he believes there is a significant conflict of interest between a lawyer, Michael Sussman, and the law firm defending him. And he's making the case in this filing that, hey, man, Michael Sussman, lawyer guy, I'll explain who he is in that in a second. You better get rid of this law firm or strongly consider it because their interests aren't yours. Here's where it gets really, really good. Let me just explain quickly, because then the next part, the conflict of interest and the meetings portion of the two-pronged attack on Donald Trump will make a bunch of sense. Michael Sussman is alleged... He is a lawyer, but he's alleged to be the lawyer who served as the middleman between the FBI and another agency and the Clinton campaign. In a nutshell, Sussman's alleged to have went to the FBI and another agency, believed by many to be the CIA, and said, hey, Trump's colluding with the Russians. They have this server connects to Russia and Trump Tower. Wow. How'd they get that? Tech executive, maybe. Who knows? Well, what is he being charged with, Sussman? You know, making an, un, an unsubstantiated allegation like that isn't a crime. But going to the FBI and 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 according to the allegation, not telling them you're working for the Clinton campaign while you're making this allegation and lying about it, that is a crime. Lying to the FBI. Remember, lying to the FBI, Joe, was very serious, the left told us, when they alleged Mike Flynn didn't, and he didn't actually lie. Remember that, Joe? That's right. They told that's us this right. is the— that's our, That's right. That's right. Joe's my fact checker and he's an actual fact checker. We were told this is the most grave of crimes. So now Sussman is alleged to have lied to the FBI and said, I wasn't working for Hillary Clinton, even though he was when I did this. Okay. He's being prosecuted. He's being represented by a law firm, Latham and Watkins. It's Latham and Watkins, Durham's saying, Hey, listen, man, you guys may want to disconnect from your law firm here, Latham and Watkins. Why would he say that? Because who worked at Latham and Watkins? Kathy Rumler. Now, who is Kathy Rumler? Ladies and gentlemen, she is the key to this whole thing. Joe, the fixer. We've only talked about the fixer probably 50, 60 times on this show. I have encouraged people forever. Leslie Stahl should have taken my advice to look up who Kathy Rumler is and why she matters. Kathy Rumler works for the law firm that's representing Sussman, and the special prosecutor with a wink and a nod is saying, they're about to throw you under the bus, Sussman. You better scrap this connection to this law firm now. Why would Kathy Rumler and Latham and Watkins potentially be prepared to uh, the, the law firm to throw them under the bus? And why would there be, at least according to the legal filing, why would there be a conflict of interest? Well, because Kathy Rumler has been at the center of just about every single Obama administration Democrat scandal we've seen in the last five or six years. Let me lay it out to you. Hat tip to this guy um, Avery on uh, social media. He pulled this from a speech I gave four years ago, ah, th- three and a half years ago. It was in November of uh, of, of 2018. It was a speech I gave at the breakers in front of a Republican group. I was talking about Catherine Rumler, Catherine Rumler, Obama's fixer fixed all, tried to fix all his scandals and how she's involved in this case now too. And, and Durham's onto it. Rumler is tied in to Andy Weissman, the prosecutor on this case. She's tied into everyone. Here's what I said. This is about a minute plus of what I said three and a half years ago about how rummler's the center of this whole spying thing on donald trump check this out who else does bob Mueller know on bob Mueller's enron team it all goes back to enron that same enron team headed by andy weissman had another lead lawyer on the case who was it Catherine rummler who's Catherine rummler obama's white house counsel who was obama's lawyer while all of this was going on they know each other now you may say fine so bob Mueller knows obama's lawyer while this whole spygate thing was going on what's the big deal you google george nader daily beast you can read an article today just popped today before we showed up One of Bob Mueller's lead cooperators in this case who's been selling out members of the Trump team from day one is a guy named George Nader. Who's George Nader's lawyer? Catherine Rumler, Obama's White House counsel, and Bob Mueller's buddy. The lawyer for the lead witness in this case feeding information to Mueller is Obama's White House counsel, otherwise known as the fixer. She fixed everything for them. She was involved in Benghazi. She was involved in the IRS. She was involved in the Secret Service scandal. Just Google her name, put in any one of those things. And who's the person giving the statement? Catherine Rumler. That was me in 2018, showing you how Obama's lawyer in the White House, Obama's voice, his, his mouthpiece in the White House, is at the center of all of this. She knows Andy Weissman from the Enron investigation they worked on. She knows Lisa Monaco, Obama's a counterterrorism Homeland Security advisor. She knows all these. Bob Mueller was the FBI director when she worked on the Enron, Enron case. She knows all these people, which says to me that the lawyer, Durham, the special prosecutor, is telling the guy they're prosecuting Sussman, hey, Obama's fixer is going to fix you too next through this law firm. They're going to fix you too. You better do something. Now, how central. Is this filing to this this warning? And, and it, it would require Rumler to be knee deep in all of this, right? Remember, I told you it was a two prong attack to frame Donald Trump. A bunch of meetings that they could either get on tape or report on. And second, a bunch of Internet data where they could make it look like Trump's communicating with the Russians with regard to the meetings. Why would Kathy Rumler, Obama, why would he want his fixer involved as a legal representative for people involved in this case? So they can clean it up and protect Obama's interests, which is exactly what I think uh, Durham's trying to tell Sussman, the lawyer they're prosecuting for the, for the Democrats. Hey, this woman is, doesn't have your interests in mind. Here, let's walk through it piece by piece. Here's Kathy Rumler on an audio, on a piece of audio going after Donald Trump and saying, hey, listen, Trump talking bad about the FBI. You media people should really cover this. In other words, hey, we got a problem here. Obama probably told her, make it out like we're pro-law enforcement now. We're really offended that Trump is attacking the FBI, even though we spied on him. Here's Rummler trying to PR angle first. Check this out.
0: I think that the big story that I think is not being Paid enough attention to is really what has happened to the Department of Justice and the FBI through the the really inflammatory and reckless words of the president when he talks about the 13 angry Democrats that he talks about Bob Mueller in really disparaging terms he talks about corruption at the FBI I believe that this has had a profound impact on um, the public's perception of those institutions in a way that's really really been damaging and people have talked about it sort of around. You know, the margins, but I think there's a very big story there about how that's really playing out in the real world, you know, how it's affecting FBI agents who are going out and trying to get cooperation from citizens in in violent crime investigations and other very serious investigations that affect the public safety. So to me, that's the big story that needs to be covered every day and that we shouldn't be losing sight of.
1: So there's Obama's mouthpiece, envision Obama talking himself through Kathy Rumler, saying, hey, we got a problem. We spied on Trump. You better go out and try this PR angle and say, oh, Trump shouldn't be attacking the FBI. We're pro-blue all of a sudden. Really? You are? Fascinating. Well, that didn't really work out because people like me stayed on top of the story from the start. How deeply is Obama's fixer involved in all this and Durham knows about it? Let me just show you this quick. and I'll take a quick break and I can do another thing outside the break. Here. Here's a, one of the, um, the signing page for a legal filing. Remember when uh, Carter Page sued the DNC and others, the Democratic National Committee, for being accused of being a conduit for this Russia hoax? Yeah, remember that? Look who the lawyers were on the filing. Oh, Catherine Rumler and Obama's other buddy, Nicholas McQuaid. There it is. Catherine Rumler, Latham and Watkins, the same firm Durham is warning Sussman about. There it is. She's involved in everything. That's why this filing so fascinating. Durham knows it. Let me get to more of this and the meetings in a second. Let me get to my uh, my second sponsor, folks. I got a lot more here. Please don't go anywhere. It's an important show, as important as episode six twenty eight. Rumler, the fixer, is trying to fix this from Obama. She has secreted herself. Her fingers are on everything, folks. She was the representative uh, signing for the DNC and the Carter Page lawsuit. Here, you want to see another Kathy Rumler curveball here? The Obama fixer fixing again. Dailymail.com, longest headlines ever. Exclusive. This is from, by the way, 2018. An article we covered, I think, at the time. Bob Muller probe witness who met Jared Kushner and was best friends with Steve Bannon flees the country after being revealed as a pedophile. Oh, really? So a pedophile was a star witness for Mueller's campaign? Oh, the Daily Mail nails it here. Robert Mueller witness and cooperator George Nader has fled the United States for the United Arab Emirates, they reveal. Oh, that'll be important in a second. He has. Keep in mind, this guy Nader is a key witness for Bob Mueller. I'll get to how this relates to Rumler in a second. Nader, a convicted pedophile, was allegedly a paid advisor for the United Arab Emirates de facto ruler Mohammed bin Zayed and had close ties to the Trump administration. He's been interviewed twice by Bob Mueller as part of his probe into Russia. The Lebanese-born advisor Nader was first stopped when he flew into Washington in January on his way to visit Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort. Nader's been cooperating with investigators following the stop, and his lawyer said he's truthfully answered questions. Investigators are interested, pay attention to this, in a 2016 Trump Tower meeting between Bin Zayed from the UAE, Jared Kushner, and Steve Bannon, which Nader was at and may have brokered. They also want to talk about a meeting he was at in the Seychelles attended by Blackwater founder Eric Prince and UAE's de facto ruler, Bin Zayed. Follow me. This guy, George Nader, convicted pedophile, is strangely one of Bob Mueller's key witnesses claiming that this Russia hoax is real. Strange, right? Who's Nader connected to? Oh, the United Arab Emirates. Wow, that's really strange. Because one of the reasons, one of the things they tried to do to get the uh, uh, the um, uh, to get the uh, the unmasking done on Donald Trump, where they could spy on him, one of the things they did in the unmasking request is they actually, and the CNN article indicates here with the screenshot, Susan Rice, Obama's old national security advisor told House investigators why she unmasked senior Donald Trump officials. This is from 2017. Susan Rice said it, Obama's former national security advisor. She privately told House investigators from CNN, folks. CNN, I thought they were the source for news, right? She privately told House investigators that she unmasked the identities of senior Trump officials to understand why the crown prince of the United Arab Emirates was in New York last year. Multiple sources told CNN. Weird, really strange. A meeting apparently brokered again or at least attended to by this guy, George Nader, convicted pedophile who later becomes a source for Donald Trump. The Trump administration's meeting with a foreign government, the UAE. Actually, it was before he was in office. And Susan Rice says, oh, yeah, we need that meeting. We can use that as an excuse to spy on Donald Trump. Sound like a setup to you? Really weird that George Nader was there, right? Here's another just dapper article here from Reuters from 2019. So remember what I told you about meetings being used to frame Donald Trump? So now we have the UAE meeting with the Trump, uh, the president-elect's office at the time. Now we have another one. Trump backer Eric Prince, his account of the Russian banker contact differs from the Mueller report. Well, what was the difference, Well, Well, in the Mueller report, they allege that Eric Prince, the old uh, head of Blackwater, whose sister, Betsy DeVos, was in the Trump administration, Eric Prince, who has ties to Donald Trump. The Mueller report alleges that George Nader, the same guy, set up this meeting between Eric Prince and this Russian guy who runs an investment fund in Russia in the Seychelles. Another meeting. UAE-connected guy, Russia-connected guy, Eric Prince connected to the Trump team. Really strange how these meetings keep happening, and George Nader finds himself there. Let's go to the next article, at The Intercept, we can look this up where we see who George Nader really is. This is fascinating. The Intercept, Matthew Cole from 2022. UAE advisor illegally funneled foreign cash into Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign. George Nader also cultivated key, cultivated, excuse me, key Trump advisors on behalf of his golf clients, prosecutors say. Notice what he says at the end there. They say in the middle of the piece that the sentencing memo details Nader and his partner's efforts to disguise the money, or Nader and, I should say that right, Kawaja's efforts to disguise the money as a mundane business contact between the two. Of that amount, more than $3.5 million came from the government of UAE and was given to Democrat political committees working to elect Clinton, according to the U.S. government. George Nader again. So who's George Nader's lawyer in this whole thing? George Nader, convicted pedophile. Bob Mueller witness contact of the UAE seems to be involved in all these meetings between Trump administration, people and foreign governments meeting Susan Rice later acknowledges they used used to spy on Donald Trump. Who's Nader's lawyer? Yeah. Yeah. Total head scratcher there. You're right. Fellas total. head. Who's the lawyer? Well, let's go to ABC news. By the way, folks, I'm using left leaning sources for a reason. Because when lefties watch this show and go, a Harry. Really? ABC, CNN, Reuters, they're all in on it. The Intercept, they're all in on the conspiracy. Here's ABC News from June of 2019. Bob Mueller witnessed charged in child pornography case. They're talking about George Nader. And as you can see from this ABC News article, one of his lawyers, quote, shepherding him through the seven interviews with Mueller's prosecutors is Catherine Rumler. Obama's fixer at the center of all of this. So just to recap before we move on here. Catherine Rumler, who was Obama's White House lawyer, must know Obama's in a world of trouble for the spying scandal. Catherine Rummler has been the lawyer for the DNC in the, uh, in, the uh, in the Carter Page case. She's been the lawyer for the Clinton Foundation. Catherine Rumler is a lawyer for Latham and Watkins, who's involved with this guy, Michael Sussman, who Durham's now calling out. Catherine Rummler's is a lawyer for this convicted pedophile who's conveniently at all these meetings the Democrats are using as evidence that Donald Trump's colluding with foreign governments to win the election. You don't see something wrong here. You don't think Durham knows what's up. Will there be prosecutions? I don't know, folks. I'm not getting out ahead of anything. All I'm telling you is uh, John Durham clearly knows that there's a conflict of interest here with Catherine Mueller, uh, Catherine Rummler. What a Freudian slip there being at the center of this entire thing. Let me get to my next sponsor. I want to tie this thing up. Notice again, we used a lot of left-wing sources. Nailed it. Thank you, buddy. Yes. Is everybody putting together where we're going with this here? Obama knows he's in trouble. Durham knows Obama knows he's in trouble. And Durham is warning everyone involved in this case, the fixer's coming for you next. Here. This is how knee-deep... Kathy Rumbler is, in all of this stuff, Obama's fixer. Just put it in a search engine, like I said three and a half years ago in that speech. Here's a letter from Latham and Watkins, a letter they wrote to Chuck Grassley, Dianne Feinstein, Lindsey Graham, and Sheldon Whitehouse. Rumbler says she's writing on behalf of her client, Susan Rice. Remember the email Susan Rice sent to herself that President Obama told him to do everything by the (laughs) book? Remember that one? Yes, Yes. Yeah. Well, who was the person who wrote the letter to these senators saying, hey, don't worry, the buy the book email's no big deal. Well, you can see the letter right here. We just read here, page two, sincerely, Catherine Rumler, Latham and Watkins. And as you can see from this politico piece coming up next, again, using left-wing sources, folks, lawyer for Susan Rice. That's Catherine Rumler, by the way. Obama administration justifiably concerned about sharing intel with the Trump team. In other words, Susan Rice wrote the letter protecting Obama. Remember, oh, Obama did everything by the book. He told me so. Remember the Susan Rice email she wrote to herself just seconds before leaving office so everyone would see it? She said, oh, don't worry. Um, They wrote that because they were justifiably concerned about sharing information with these uh, Trump folks. You know, they're all colluding with the Russians and UAE and all that stuff. Remember, I mean, we spied on them because of it. You get the circular reasoning? Obama's fixer is at the center of all of this. Let me wrap it up with this before I move on. Durham knows that. What's Durham going to do about it? I don't know. Are there going to be prosecutions? I don't know. I'm not getting out ahead of anything. I've I've been disappointed by the Department of Justice many times before. I'm deeply sorry the Department of Justice isn't doing more, but I don't work there. I can't force Merrick Garland or John Durham to do anything. But the fact that John Durham in that filing noted that that is just among the internet data that was stolen, stolen, because they had it legitimately, they had a government contract, but it was taken illegitimately to give to the Clinton campaign. And the fact that he's warning Sussman, the fixer and their legal team are not for you right now, says to me, he knows that this goes right back to the White House through the fixer. All right, I got a lot more to get to today. Vindicated yet again. And by the way, if you want to walk through all, I hate plugging, but go get it at the library, borrow it from a friend, I don't care. It's not about the money at this point anymore. My book, Follow the Money, documents all of this, chapter by chapter. You can pick it up today. It had an explosion in sales this week, and I don't know, someone must have put something out about it. Follow the money. You can read about all this stuff. All right, moving on. So on my Fox show this weekend, ladies and gentlemen, there is a lot going on. It's not just one story. This Freedom Convoy, the mask mandates and the uh, vaccine mandates, this Freedom Convoy is about to change American politics like it's changing Canadian politics right now. Now, many of you have asked the question, is this Freedom Convoy coming here? Well, according to a source we had on my show Unfiltered this weekend on Fox, uh, Dr. Aaron uh, Cariotti, Aaron Cariotti, the doctor who's involved with the planning of this says, pay attention to March 5th. If you missed it, I want you to listen. It's about a minute cut from my show. Pay very close attention. It's important. They're being mischaracterized, these truckers. What can we expect from them? And what's and what can we expect from this convoy in the United States if it happens? And what's the real objective here? Well, again, March 5th, we're going ga- to gather in Coachella Valley for an all-day event. March 6th, we'll send off the truckers. They will travel east, headed toward Washington, D.C. And it's going to be entirely peaceful. It's going to be a gathering that will gain momentum as it proceeds And I think it's going to be a gathering that's going to be supported by millions of Americans who come out to, you know, literally make sandwiches for the truck drivers uh, who who come out as they did in Canada with shows of solidarity and support at the roadside. March 5th is going to happen. Don't know. I'm not involved in the planning, but I would certainly celebrate a freedom convoy here. Who wouldn't? I thought we liked freedom in that stuff. The left all of a sudden, workers of the world unite. Big communist manifesto stuff. Except when workers of the world actually unite, they seem to get really upset about it. What's up with that? Pay close attention to that. Could change everything here too. I told you the most damaging political, damaging political narratives in the world are those that change your pre-existing notion of who a candidate or a person is. Obama's uh, Biden, excuse me, is trying to portray himself as a working class guy, the Scranton kid, dirt in the fingernails, pop, all that stuff, right? All of a sudden he's going to have to attack the truckers, politically attack the truckers. Good luck with that. That's why this is going to be so damaging to them. Let me tell you just a quick story. I'm sorry. I don't tell a lot of personal stories on the show, but it's it's, uh, it's, it's kind of amusing and it relates to something. Um, Happy Valentine's Day to all the couples out there, by the way. So this weekend... This is a story I was telling you guys about. I'm at the uh, Martin County Fair this weekend with my daughter. And uh, my wife gets a, a ping on the camera. We have a pretty good security system, as you can imagine, around the house. She gets a ping that something's moving around our house. So we look, and I see this guy parked at our house. He's looking around the back. He's looking in the front door. He's there. Like, So I don't think anything of it. I'm thinking, all right, maybe it's a delivery. So like 10, 15 minutes go by. My daughter's on some rides or something. She's like, Dan, this guy's still there. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Now he's like looking around the back and he's trying to find someone. He's looking in the front door again and he's not leaving. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And we'd had all these, uh, there's been like a, a, a couple of these uh, distraction robberies here where people in these fake uniforms knock on the front door and then someone goes around the back of your house and walks in and steals stuff. So I call the sheriff's department. I'm like, hey guys, I need someone to go to my house. So uh, one of the Sewell's Point PD guys, a great guy shows up. I'm watching the whole thing on camera. They see this guy, the guy I can see sitting there and it's going on for like 10 minutes. I'm like, what the hell is this guy going to rob my house? Whatever. Well, to sum up the story. It, it was a Chick-fil-A guy. <laughs> the blue, blue uniform. So Fox and Friends, very nice, as a Valentine's Day gift, delivered a bunch of cookies and heart-shaped boxes and chicken nuggets to my house. I didn't know I wasn't home. The Chick-fil-A guy, thank you, Chick-fil-A. You're so wonderful. Chick-fil-A guy who was so committed to the customer service, Joe, was told, you don't leave that food. on the. You are to give it to them directly. Well, we weren't. <laughs> to, he would not leave until somebody took custody. So thank you, Chick-fil-A. Go pick up. Joe, pick up some cookies from Chick-fil-A today. Thank you, Chick-fil-A guy. The poor guy's getting interrogated by the police. He's got I'm surprised he wasn't like prone down on the ground. Sewells Point PD, Martin County Sheriff, thank you so much. They were so they were such pros about it. They called me. I gotta be honest, I was slightly embarrassed, wasting police resources. But if he wasn't there for 15, 20 minutes, I wouldn't have called. But he was there because these guys are so committed to customer service. He was told to leave it with someone and he refused to leave it on the front porch. So Thank you, Chick-fil-A. Thank you, Sewell's Point. Thank you, Martin County Sheriff's Department, for your amazing work. And I'm really sorry to the poor Chick-fil-A guy. Uh, You did a great job. Uh, Hat tip to you. Okay, over that one. Personal story I rarely get into. Um, A lot happened last week with inflation, folks. Inflation is getting worse. And the problem is Democrats don't seem to understand the damage being done here. The damage being done here is significant. Because your real wages, in other words, what your money has the capacity to buy, is going down by the day if not going down by the minute. Here, sometimes charts sum this stuff up better than anything. Andy Puzder is a great follow on social media. Andy Puzder is an economic genius. I love this guy. He says, hey, look at this inflation rate growth versus wage growth chart based on the Bureau of Labor Statistics data. This is government data. He says it's another month in the Biden economy when the number on paychecks went up while the value of the paychecks went down. Here, very simple chart, folks. Trump administration, your percent wage change was going up and was greater than the percent of inflation. You get a 2% raise and inflation's 10%. You lost 8%. Look at the Trump admin. Then the Biden administration gets into office. And look, boom instantaneously, look at this chart. If you can't see it, go to my Rumble account, rumble.com slash Bongino. Instantaneously, wages start going up to a lesser degree than inflation almost the, the, the month he gets into office. You can see it right there. It only takes a couple of months for it to flip totally, meaning you're now making less money. Look at that chart and send that to all your friends. Trump administration, Biden administration. Boom. All right, um, you know what? Let me get to my last sponsor. It's a Valentine's Day show, day after the Super Bowl. There was a lot of information out there. I want to get to this, and I want to get to uh, why I was banned from YouTube, and a very, very important story about what a bank did to this fundraiser. Folks, this is really critical stuff. So showing you this this, this post-truth environment we live in here, where the media symbiote, just like you saw in the Kathy Rumler-Sussman-Obama-Spygate case, right? how they all work together to advance a narrative. That narrative is rarely, if ever, the truth, and it only works to advance the cause of these leftist socialist tyrants. Look at this headline, Washington Post. February 11, 2022. Mask mandates didn't make much of a difference anyway. Faye Flam from Bloomberg. Really? That's really fascinating. Mask mandates didn't make much of a difference anyway. That's really incredible. Sounds like something I said a long time ago. Uh, doesn't it? Wasn't I banned from YouTube for that? I think I was, Joe. We're not posting on YouTube anymore, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had the money ball theory I put out on YouTube. Everybody remember the money ball theory that if masks and mandates are working, then why are masks and mandates not working? Kind of weird how the Washington Post comes around, just like they're all coming around to what I told you about Spygate a long time ago. And all of a sudden they're taking a celebratory lap. You're like, oh, look, we got out ahead of that one. Did you really? You sure about that? All right, last story, and then I just I want to recap quickly this other thing. I don't mean to beat you over the head with this Obama Obamagate, Spygate thing, but it is critical. This Reuters story. Folks, this is the future here. Financial targeting is the future. It's why I have a company, ParallelEconomy.com, that focuses on payment processing. The left has figured out a long time ago with this new digital economy, if they can ice you out of the banking and financial bloodlines of the country, that they can ice you out of the ability to speak. Look at this article in Reuters. TD Bank freezes accounts that received money for Canada protests. Folks, this is going to get worse. This is just the beginning. Choose your banks. Choose your processors. Choose your payment processors. Choose them wisely. You are going to see more of this as we go forward. The left fully understands that as we move, sadly, towards a less cash-centric economy, that if they can freeze you out of digital payments, they can freeze you out of everyday life. You're seeing it happen right before your eyes. Let me end with this again. A little bit of a shorter show on Monday after the Super Bowl. I just want to, again, sum up before we go. So you hear it. I tell you what I'm. I told you what I was going to tell you. I tell you. I told you, and now I'm going to tell you what I told you just so it sticks. The most interesting part of the filing, this inf- uh, the filing, dorms filing this past week, is not the fact that the Trump administration was spied on in their internet data and internet traffic. That is not the most, it's an interesting part, but it's not. There's more coming out about that, about how, we knew they spied. The only question was how. So this past week, now we know how they did it, the mechanics or the allegations on how they did it. Again, to be clear. The most interesting part of that is that Durham is warning, warning the people who perpetrated this Russia collusion hoax that these Obama people who did it and oversaw the whole thing. Remember, Obama was warned by intelligence officials that Hillary Clinton's team was doing this, that they were going to try to pin Trump. Remember, that's out there now. Put it in the search engine. Obama, Brennan warned about collusion hoax. Obama knew the whole time Obama, and with a wink and a nod, must be saying to his fixer, Catherine Rumler, who fixed all his scandals. She was the fixer for the, as I said in the thing, the Benghazi scandal, the IRS scandal, the Solyndra mess, the Secret Service scandal, all of that. Kathy Rumler was the forward face of that. Obama trusts her. He doesn't trust a lot of people. He has her knee deep in all of this, representing George Nader, Susan Rice, involved in in the Sussman thing. And Dorum knows it, and Dorum is warning these people, you better get this uh, company she works for out of there because there's a really big conflict of interest there. You know what the conflict of interest is, in my humble opinion? Obama wants to protect his reputation, and they're going to throw every single one of you under the bus, period. Thanks for tuning in today, folks. Please spread this show around. I'll see you on the radio show a little later. Thanks for your time. You just heard Dan Bongino.